Hello everyone, a very good afternoon to you all. This is Michael here with Spencer. This is the Casual Heresy Podcast. Where all things casual. Including heretical things. Heretical things. Uh, how are you, Spencer? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Probably like a 9 out of 14 and a half. How are you, Michael? I'm like, I'm about a 7 and 7.25 out of, out 10, of 14 and a half. Out of 10. <laughs> That means I'm doing better than you, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so no. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Life Cheers. <laughs> Please go follow Life Cheers. If you don't, I have to listen to Spencer tell you to follow Life Cheers for the next five years. <laughs> Just go subscribe. Yeah, it would be my dream, truly, to make that a full-time job. YouTube, mm. content creation, that'd be awesome. Definitely be a casual thing. And a shout-out to our listeners... Uh, my statistics show that we have... I would have to check later, but... I think it's like, we got like 15 or 20... 25 people who have listened to this podcast. If you are one of those 25 people, thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you a lot. Um, and we appreciate our potential listeners. This is true. So if you would be so kind, if you are one of those 25 people, to share this with someone you know... Give us a comment for something you'd like to hear us talk about. Anything is fair game. Anything. Literally. Yeah. So, it's that time of year again. The first topic is aligning. What? That can be our transition noise every time we change topics. Aligning political. our political views with faith. This is a faith podcast. It is? I thought it was just a heretical podcast. Well, everything's heretical if you look at it wrong. And everything's faith-based if you look at it somewhat right. This is true. Does that mean heresies are faith-based if you cross your eyes at them? No, because they're still not right. <laughs> they might be... Wrong is wrong. <laughs> oh, hey, that's actually a pretty good... Segue into politics. Wrong is wrong. Left is right. Right is left. Yeah. I think people have to ask themselves when they're looking at the political arena right now, do you believe in truth? I believe in my own truth. <laughs> uh, that's, what, that's what a lot of them would say. That's yeah. true, yeah. See, that's not the case. That's either, hypocritical. There is, either something's true or it's not true. Only one thing can be true. So there's truth. Truth does exist. And it's objective. Exactly. It's true whether you believe it or not. There is some subjective truth, but that's not the truth we're talking about here. Yeah, like... My favorite color is blue. That's subjectively true to me. I like lima beans. Which that's, is that's sad. That's true. That's, <laughs> that is true, actually. But, <laughs> but anyway, so you're looking at these political candidates, right? And you're like, Not just the candidates, but just the parties. The like parties, yeah. And the, the Supreme Court and everything. Because, yeah, to vote, you shouldn't just be looking at the presidential... Exactly. Because ultimately, candidate. the President of the United States does not have that much power. He's just a figurehead, ultimately, of what's going on in Washington. But yeah, when you're, when you're going to the voting booth, or to the mailbox with your, your ballot, you need to be thinking, like, so truth exists, and... 
If truth exists, then things are right and things are wrong. What's something that's right, Michael? Something that's right? Caring for the poor. And why is that right? That is right because it's in the Bible. And why is the Bible right? The Bible is right because, for a handful of reasons, it's the inspired word of God, for one thing. For another thing, it was set as canon by the Holy Catholic Church. And it's withstood the test of time. This is true. So, uh, go find... Well, there are other books that old, but they're... Some books that are just basically the Bible, but not quite the Bible. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Heresy. Heresy. So, uh, what's something that's objectively wrong that we should look out for during this election? I would say killing people. Specifics? Or no? For the sake of... Uh, well, yes. Abortion. Abortion is... <laughs> <laughs> killing people is always wrong, but abortion is is very prevalent and in my opinion it's what this election is actually about yeah and so for people that are saying oh they mentioned abortion like stop like it's not just about one thing well guess what in the late 1800s it was all about slavery mm -hmm. so don't even start with because yeah. like that that was the name of the game that's what it is right now yeah the 1860 election was about one issue was it 60 or 64 both I believe. <laughs> and and uh, one of the candidates keeps saying, that candidate being Joe Biden, that this this race is over the soul of this country. And he's right. But he's not on the, on right, the right side, side. of that coin. Because <laughs> I don't think Donald Trump is a holy person. No, by, and by no means. No. There's no such thing as a bad person. But... He's, there is no such thing as a bad person. There's no such thing as a bad person because God created oh, okay. everyone. Yeah, so, and everybody, everything's made good, yeah. Everything that exists is good. Yeah. So Donald Trump is good, Joe Biden is good. I'm not going to sing Kumbaya because <laughs> not every, everything is not okay morally with that. Not um, even close. And the biggest objection people make to being pro-life and supporting Donald Trump is that Donald Trump supports the death penalty. Which, I think you read something to me last yeah. night. Yeah, Chris Stefanik had something about, like, so abortions versus death penalty, you're talking, like, a million, just under a million deaths per year in the United States from abortion, and then, like, 22 per year from death penalty. Yeah, exactly. So, to be clear, the death penalty is bad. Killing people is bad. This, I don't the support church, the, the church death teaching on that is weird, though. Like, it is. Well, yeah, because the country has the right to... Mm -hmm. enforce its laws. I personally think it's an immoral law, yeah, but it's, I do it's a law. You know? Some people agree with it, but like, to me, God never wills somebody to die. He never, that's never his mm -hmm. perfect will. Like, he literally came down so he could separate us from death. So like, he doesn't want death to happen. But it is something that will happen to all of us at some point in this earthly life. And yeah. he wants to resurrect us live with him for eternity and so he of course god wouldn't support that penalty i don't think no but god also would not support abortion but why michael because you're killing innocent babies how are they babies michael aren't they just little bacteria and parasites well it's funny you ask <laughs> So, 
if anyone comes at you with that in a manner that is not as nice as the way Muffler just said it to me, point out the thing, a couple things that you can point out pretty quickly. One is that there's a scientific criteria for life, and I'm going to Google that right now. Yeah, so this has been um, scientifically proven for a while now. Not really a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise to people, but I think so many people have these demons inside of them that they just like don't realize and they're not able to open up to the truth because there's some demon of doubt and closed-mindedness inside of them. I think that makes it really hard for people to open up because especially on the internet, you can just fight with people all the time and say what you want because you're not in front of them. So it really takes no courage to say anything online on the internet. It takes some courage to say some things in person. And so we have to be respectful and especially as Christians and Catholics, we we need to show respect and call things out as they are though. And abortion is in no way right. Never was, and it never will be. Okay, so here it is from Wikipedia.com. The seven criteria for life. So, Spencer, homeostasis. For example, sweating to reduce temperature. Sweet. I mean, sweat. Sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Organization. Metabolism. Growth. Adaptation. Response to stimuli. The last one is reproduction. All right. So. I just want to make it clear... A human being has never given birth to parasites or some bacterial thing. If it has, then humans are that. Because humans have only given birth to humans. There's never been anything else. So these criterion for life, which one does an unborn baby not fulfill? Oh, the the one that's none. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So, that's my first... They kind of important. The other thing is, either when does a person become a person? At conception. It's either conception, or magically at some point after conception. When conception and birth is what people. Or think. at birth. Or yeah, some people think at birth, which is just wild. It's just like that doesn't make sense. What's happening the whole time then? <laughs> Do you think something happens like at week thirteen? Or whatever it is, week 16 of a pregnancy, and it's just like, magically. That's a person now. No. As soon as a living organism exists that has human DNA, it's a person. So, tying this back into politics. There is truth. It is objective. There are right and wrong. There are good candidates and there are bad. That support good things and bad things. And there's bad parties and there's good parties. And there's in between. Everything in between. As a Catholic, there are some things that you cannot support and if it comes to the point where there's both supporting the horrible things just have to choose the less of the evil the less of exactly. evils so so if if the death penalty thing is bothering you right now just think about that just under a million versus 22 you're trading just under a million lives who never got a chance to see the world for 22 who don't deserve to die nobody does well, I guess we all technically deserve to die, well, but yeah, by God's grace, yeah. we yeah. mercy. This is a, yeah. a heresy podcast, though, so yeah. So <laughs> they don't deserve to die. But you can't trade hundreds of thousands of unborn children for those 22 people. Because those 22 people technically deserve to die more in, like, earthly terms. They, well, no, there's just less of them. Well, I know that. Yeah. But, and <laughs> well, they've, they've earned their way there. Exactly. They have a chance 
to repent. They have a chance to be better. And they shouldn't die, in my opinion, but also currently, that is an issue that's up to individual states, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. So if you don't like the death penalty, then vote for people in your state who won't support the death penalty, which I actually think is most people at this point. But as Catholics, we have a moral obligation to vote and to not support candidates that support things that are intrinsically evil. Yeah. So if you're thinking right now, why did they bring religion into politics? It's not that. It's politics have affected our freedoms in our religion, and so we have to defend that. Mm-hmm. We have to defend the truths. Also, if you have aspects of your life that you're not willing to bring religion into and your faith into, you, you need to kind of... Readjust. Set your priorities straight. Your faith should be permeating every aspect of your life. If you make the decision as big as who you're going to vote for without bringing your faith into it, that's a problem. And like, if your faith leads you to a, a different conclusion, I'm praying for you, <laughs> but yeah. at least you brought your faith into it. Or what you thought your faith was. What you thought was faith. Yeah, exactly. All right, our next topic is going to be... Discernment. Discernment of just what God wants in our lives. In my life, Michael's life, and your lives, our listeners. So what is what is discernment? Give us a quick definition. Discernment. This is not straight out of the dictionary, but mm. discernment is seeking God's will in our life, what he wants in our life, like what his plan is. We're discerning priesthood, a different sort of religious life, marriage, sacrament of marriage, spouse, that is earthly. Like not the, the sacrament itself is not earthly, but the spouse. Technically, when you're a priest, you get married to Mother Church. Exactly. So I, yeah, 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 yeah. Earthly marriage, yeah. yeah. But it, it's sac- sacramentally not earthly. Mm. And discernment can apply to things that aren't your vocation. This is true. It could, you're discerning what you're doing next week. You could just discern... Whether or not I should have a third muffin after we're done recording. It's just any decision-making, but the ones we're talking about mainly is vocation. That's what most people think about. Yeah, but, vocational discernment. Yeah, we're both college students at a university somewhere around the solar system in an undisclosed town... In the upper Midwest. ...of North America. Canada-adjacent... <laughs> <laughs> I think discernment is just kind of inherently scary for a lot of people. Scary, but very important. Very important. I think one of the things just people need to remember is it's like God wants you to be happy. God's not going to ask you to do something that's going to make you miserable. Wow. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it might seem like that in the moment, but you just got to discern more. Yeah, things can be scary, but if you have like a spiritual director, somebody else to talk to, people to stay accountable with, that helps because you can't do it all by yourself. I mean, God's always there with you, help you, but you could misinterpret or misunderstand a lot if you don't have somebody else to like talk it through with. This is true. This is very true. Because there's people that are trained to help you discern. And there are things that we perceive as signs that might not actually be signs. I know Father Mike Schmitz just made a video about this. But for example, like if I was discerning whether or not to have a third muffin and Father Zach walked past eating a muffin, and I was like, oh, this means... God wants me to eat another muffin. Or you could just discern, yeah, because you see him and then you intrinsically like want another muffin. Yeah, and I assume that God, that means God wants me mm-hmm. to too because I was praying about it. 
Or you could just think about it the other way. That discernment could go the other way. Oh, he's already eating the muffin. That means I shouldn't. Yeah. So, but, but at that, the end of the day, the fact that in this situation, Papa Zach is eating muffin has nothing to do with whether or not God wants you to. Exactly. So if we apply that to your vocation, things that you see that might be pointing you in one direction... Might be leading you astray. Yeah. They might be God, but they might be... The devil. There could be a lot of discernment. You just got to discern a lot. Like Michael and I, trying to discern life's path, God's path for our life. Exactly. We hope and pray that you're walking God's path for your life, and or that you find that path. It's not easy, and it was never meant to be. Because mm-hmm. what's great isn't easy. Because it, it, it wasn't easy for Jesus to die for us either. No, he literally <laughs> cried blood in the it, garden, right? It was agony so, in the garden. Sweat he, blood. Yeah. Sweat yeah. blood. Yeah. In the garden. Yeah, it was so counter to his nature as God, you know, like his, God doesn't die, and there's God, he's going to die. And so it was so contrary to him that he's like freaking out, justifiably so. So human. Mm-hmm. But he was so God too. Mm-hmm. It just Take that, Arius. Yeah. <laughs> Arius, in your face. <laughs> or St. Nicholas when you need it. Or just any other really. Any bishop. We need a bishop to go start punching heretics again, like St. Nicholas did. Or we just need, like, a VA, like, Joan of Arc. Yeah. Leading the country somewhere, leading a battle. Maybe we should ask Cardinal Dolan if he wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope to see discernment look like for people when you meet them and they're on their journey and they're not discerning? What are some practicals for people who are on their faith journey, but... They never, they don't want to discern, they're afraid to discern. Yeah, so some practicals are marriage is natural to a husband or uh, wife. That's a natural thing that we desire as humans. So that, that start that off, that, that's just the first thing you got to realize. You're going to have desires for marriage to husband or wife because we were made for that, our bodies, but not all of us are called to that. Some of us are called to a different marriage, a different vocation, whether it's priesthood or consecrated life, and all of them are great. All of them are great vocations, but can be full of dirt and not be lived out well if you don't focus every step of the way. And if you're stuck between something, like you don't know whether you should go one way or the other, uh, my recommendation is to take a step one way or the other and see where God takes you from there. And in order to discern, you have to sort of take a step in a direction. So for me right now, I'm on a dating fast. I haven't dated anybody for over like a year. And I'm discerning, trying to discern priesthood right now. So I'm trying to live as if I'm going to go to seminary, even though I might not go to seminary necessarily. But for a couple months, however long God wants me to, I'll discern this. Look at everybody. See the world as if I'm going to seminary to discern even more if I'm going to be a priest. I'm living out as if I'm going to be a priest sort of in years to come but i could discern out of that if god calls me to something else but i have priests to talk to about this i have other people to listen to ask me questions and to give me advice throughout this journey and yeah, discerning alone is a bad idea you can't really do it no because <laughs> you're so biased find a solid group of people let me rephrase that find if you are discerning priesthood or religious life find a solid group of people of the same gender if you are discerning marriage, by definition, you should be actively looking for a solid individual of the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. 
Because you can't be like, oh, I'm discerning marriage, but I'm just sitting here by myself. Living the single life. Exactly. It's like, well, are you gonna are you gonna be in a relationship with someone? And they're like, oh no, I'm not dating right now. And I'm like, well then why are you discerning marriage? Discern something else. Yeah. You're not living you're not trying to discern that. Exactly. Focus on one thing. You really can't discern both at the same time. It, I guess I've sort of... You will feel uncomfortable and, like, not fully 100% aware of what's exactly happening. God will be tugging you. The world will be tugging you. You won't know which one is which. You just have to cut one of the lines and see where it goes. It's the worst that could happen. You'll only grow closer to God. Yes. Either you go the right direction and grow closer to Him there, or you go the wrong direction and find that find that out in the process of growing closer to Him. This is true. It's a win-win. In your discernment, be active, not passive. You can't really discern passive. It's something you do, not the absence of doing something. Yeah, I like the way you put that. So many of us missing the, the discernment aspect of our life. So many, like, look at the divorce rate. The, the divorce rate just makes me think, like, imagine if people actually discern this, and even if half of them are called to marriage still, imagine if they, like, discerned it, and they would actually find, like, the right person to marry exactly. or actually work things out because they know how, what a marriage actually is and like how yeah. to do it. It's not just something in court by like by law that you're married. It's not some papers you just sign. Exactly. It's the sacraments. And my, my advice if you're listening to this, I know it's kind of a hot take, but like if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, I think I might be called a priesthood, then talk to a priest, go on a retreat and consider applying to seminary. Actively do something. If you feel like you might be called to marriage, get out there in the Catholic community, find a holy individual, and ask them out. But Michael, what if I don't know if God's calling me to the priesthood? Should I still, like, apply to seminary? I wouldn't necessarily just apply to the seminary out of the blue. I would contact your your diocesan vocations director, because they're always going to be a great resource. It's their job to help you on that journey. Yeah, and they'll know, like, after having a talk with them, they'll know if you're, like, fit to be in seminary and, like, that's, like, a path that's open for you. And then you apply, and then you go in even further. The whole seminary is a discernment process while you're there the whole time. Mm-hmm. That You get a lot of insight there while you're getting an education and building your way towards the priesthood. But it doesn't mean you're going to get there. You could discern out. Exactly. Just like you could discern out of... Courtship. Yeah, it's like being in a long-term relationship. It's like you're not actually married yet until mm-hmm. you're married, you know? There's you're no not, actual commitment until... You're not actually a priest until your forehead hits the floor, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not actually married until, I don't know, lips... I think it's it's, it's more, before, but... more graphic than that, but... Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> after that. After, yes. the, after the, the, the wedding, yeah. An interaction is had. The and unity of then you're the unity of spouse, yeah, yeah, the the marital act. Mm-hmm. That's I think what it's called in theology, and that that's just renewing your wedding vows and like taking yeah. bringing it back. And God's at the center. Yeah, discern, discern and learn. Don't be afraid to discern. Don't be afraid to learn. It's a win-win-win-win situation. Yeah, there's many things you can discern. It's like eight vocationally things that I'm trying to discern right now, mm-hmm. and there's like. Subcategories to that? Dang, man, you got subcategories. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, if 
God takes me to this direction, and there's more options for that category. There's subcategories, and then there's bullet points to that subcategory, and then there's bullet points to those bullet points. You're so much more organized. But I don't have that organized. <laughs> it's just in my head somewhat of like, sort of like, not a pie chart, but it's a scattered chart. plot. Scattered plot? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your brain is a giant scatter plot. It depends on what aspect you're talking about. Right. Yeah. We could get into this, but it would seem I'm, weird. <laughs> I'm discerning that we should wrap things up. All right, tell me when you're finished discerning that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we can wrap things up. Um, you want to close in a prayer? Yeah. Um, let's pray for the election for our country, that and we may all discern God's will. Yeah. So For more so holy marriages and priesthood and religious life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this this time of discussion. I ask you to stay with all our listeners. I ask you to bless this nation, the United States of America, bless the upcoming election. Uh, I ask you to be with all those who vote, um, to help us all to vote our conscience and to vote as you you would like us to. Um, We ask you to help us to discern your will and to listen to you in all areas of our lives. We ask all this in your holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. If you have anything you'd like us to talk about, please submit comments. Um, Go follow Life Cheers. And a shout out to our number one listener currently. Jackie. Jackie. She is ranked as our top listener right now. So thank you for that. Yeah. Have a blessed week, everyone. God bless you and everything you do. Peace.